0: And, uh, and we just want to say thank you. And I want to move past that because uh, it, we are in every way missionaries of this house. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the way it works. And, and yeah. we really do feel like we're missionaries to, to family and what the Lord has called us to. And so, you know, to the victor goes the, goes the spoils. And there's, there's a kingdom principle in the fact that as you do so and, and that you have been sowing into us, um, any victory along the way that GoFam Ministries gets is yours and it's yours as an inheritance. And, and so I just released that to you guys and just want to say thank you for believing in us and supporting us. And, and every time we get our, our, our monthly check from you guys, our, our affection turns towards you. And and, uh, and not just because of the money, but because of what is being sown. And um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal in the kingdom. So this morning, uh, you know, um, the Holy Spirit is like thick in this place. So I'm going to have to try to, focus. <laughs> so I don't have to focus, do I? Who says I have to focus? So Holy Spirit, we um, we really love you and uh, we honor you in this place. You are are fully present. You are fully here and we are fully your kids um, with our, our ears open and our eyes open to what you are doing, um, not only in this place, but over the face of the earth. And and, uh, and we just want to turn our affection towards you, even as we did in worship. or we just stay in that place. Whew. I'm going to stay in that place, Lord God, of the, the, the heaviness and the weightiness uh, of your presence. And so, Lord, uh, give me the, the strength to to stand in that place and still deliver a coherent a message. Holy Spirit, you are good, and we love you. We love you. We love you. Just just lift your hands to him this morning, Holy Spirit, and just, just tell him how much you love him. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we love you. We, we give you our affection and our attention. We glorify you in this place. We have no desire to play church this morning or go through any kind of motions. We are here because you've ordained us to be here. We are here because every day is a gift that comes from heaven. Every day. We have the privilege of being saturated in who you are and what you are to us. And we don't want one day to go by. Not even a day, not even a minute. That we are not in the center of your heart and your love. So just fill us and saturate us right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, <coughs> whoa. you know, I'm, I'm encouraged in a very weird sort of way by, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a, I'm a, whoa, um, I'm a whoa um, I'm a, I'm an ER physician, and so I work, usually work nights night shifts, and, uh, so there's a lot of times at two or three in the morning that I'm sitting there with the TV button, you know, waiting for labs to come back and keeping my eyes open, and, um, and I'm amazed um, and, and weirdly encouraged by how much on TV these days is about you know the paranormal. It's actually it's actually kind of it's kind of kind of creepy weird. I mean, it, you flip through the channels, and you, you see the TV guide, and half of them are about you know you know paranormal activity and different things that are happening. And and the and the weird encouraging thing about that is that people are actually hungry for the things of the spirit. There there's 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 such an emptiness. Um, without that connection to what we're feeling right now um, because this is what we were created for we, we were actually created with a longing to be connected to heaven i mean that's that's obviously was was the atmosphere of eden and uh, and so the world is hungry for it and so they're desperate and they're reaching out trying to grab hold of something that's beyond what this world can offer and and we have something that's beyond just what the world can offer don't we and, and so we, we know that we have we have the truth and we have that place and um, and so there, there is a world that even though we think the world is so worldly um, and, it, and it is uh, but there is that there is that empty spot there's that hunger that's there um, that's just waiting for an encounter with the Almighty supernatural God yeah. and, and I'm telling you that just like one encounter, changes lives and shifts things we were just in the hotel this morning and and they're talking about the rise of gun violence in this world and 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 of course the politicians are wringing their hands not really knowing what to do other than maybe they said they're going to try to pass some kind of bill that controls the sales of guns and 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 it's 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 all grasping at straws because the 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 problem is in the heart it's not the gun it's the person holding the gun is the problem and, and there's an emptiness, and, and that person is just one encounter away from the almighty, the, the reality of heaven, that just shifts everything. It just shifts everything. And so I believe with my whole heart that the world has, that the church has an answer, that your family has an answer uh, to the things that, that people are longing for and are hurting for. You know, I, I just want to, I want to dive in this morning with both feet into the realm of the spirit and and I, I, um, uh, there's, there's something happening right now and, and it's not, it's not new. It's just that it's a revelation. It's the pulling back of the curtain because that everywhere that we're going everything that we're bumping up next to our family, um, is about, um, the spirit and understanding who we are as spirit. And so we, you know, we go to camp and, you know, Wendy Backman's talking about, you know, the spirit realm and connecting to the spirit and the reality of the spirit. And, you know, when Dave and Julie were here not too long ago, and they're all about, you know, connecting with the reality of the spirit. And so I'm listening to Chris Vallotton and Bill Johnson, and and guess what they're talking about? They're talking about connecting to the reality of the spirit and who we are and that connection. And so then I come here, and like two sentences in, you're like, "Well, I've been speaking to you guys about you know walking and being led by the Spirit, and this this is what God is doing right now." Because there is actually a shift that I believe is taking place to the point that I I, I wonder, I wonder um, if we're just like in revival right now. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think I think that I think that, um, I think that the curtain is is just pulling back, and we're, we're kind of like like walking through, you know. And, and I, I believe that when when you get these 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 connections, the people, and they're all talking the same language, um, that ought to really excite us. And so I think there's just something stirring. And so I just want to give some real plain language, as plain as I can, um, to you because I know that you're already moving in this. So I'm just going to kind of go, kind of blow blow on the flame that's already here. Um, it, you know, I as I mentioned before, Amy and I just always go back to Genesis, we go back to the first couple chapters of Genesis, because we feel like it's just, it's so weighty in what the Father had for us at the beginning, and we always need to connect to that, it would be super smart, and what was lost in the garden um, was a spiritual loss, now there there was a physical loss, because they were supposed to eat of the fruit and live forever, right, so there there was definitely a loss, a, a tangible physical loss that they experienced, there's no doubt about it. But but the impact on humanity that took place was a spiritual loss. And, and I can prove it to you by just this one simple little story. So they were naked and they were unashamed, right? They were in the garden in a complete transparent culture before the Lord. The enemy comes along and tempts them and has them step outside of the boundary that the loving Father created for them. Um, and it says that their, their eyes were opened and their, their ears were opened. And I know that because later the God said, who told you you were naked? Yeah. So their ears and their eyes were open to a different realm, a, a different spiritual realm that now had a voice and an audience into their life. And, and he says, you know, how, how many know that the enemy, you know, um, tempts you and then he accuses you? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. We've all been there. He tempts you, then he accuses you. He says, you know, hey, I want, I think you should do this. And you do this. And you say, I can't believe you did this. You know, that's, that's what he does. That's how he rolls. And so I know that's what he did with Adam and Eve as well. Is they ate and then he said, "Oh boy, now now you're in trouble. You know that God walks with you in the cool of the day. He's coming around. He's going to be mad. And oh by the way, you're naked." And so they what did they, they it says that they did. They they fashioned fig leaves and they covered themselves because they knew they were naked because the enemy told them that. So then God comes around, right? And he's looking for them. "Hey, where are you?" And they're hiding, right? And they said, he said, well, you know, who told you you were naked? Why are you hiding? And they said, "Um, we hid, we hid from you because we were naked. Well, the crazy part is, is that they weren't naked at that point. They had covered themselves with fig leaves. (laughs) If you read the story again, it should make you go, huh? Actually, they didn't need to hide because they had covered themselves with fig leaves. They actually weren't naked at that point. But in their spirit... It was a spiritual loss that took place because they were spiritually naked before him in complete transparency and freedom before the Father. And even though their physical aspect was covered, their spirit was not. And they still felt naked before God. So what was lost in the garden was actually a spiritual loss. Everybody say, spiritual loss. (laughs) Okay? And I think that's so significant because... Because what happens then, of course, in, in the time of history, what happens is, is that we are spiritually separated from God, and, and the, the only way back, right, is the one who is perfect to die on a cross and shed his blood for us, so that we can have our spirit come alive again. Our flesh has actually died. So our self, right, our self... Is actually, dead. So the Bible always distinguishes between spirit and flesh, right? Spirit and flesh. Our flesh has actually been killed. The Bible says it over and over and over again. You know, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. It's very plain language. Like, you are dead. <laughs> the flesh is the person that you were the person that was separated from the father the physical person has actually died actually has been crucified with him and then we are resurrected again not into flesh but into spirit because it was a spiritual loss it was a spiritual restoration so we actually are spirit and and it's hard to understand that because we're very temporal like we 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 have our own Person, our own body, like we're here in Genoa. I mean, this is this. Is, there's a there's a tangible reality to where we are, and yet the realness, the actual greater realness, the greater reality is that we are actually spirit, and the flesh that was existed before has been killed. It's actually been nailed to the cross with him, and then we've actually been resurrected. So of course, they come around. Um, Jesus comes and and talks with Nicodemus, right, and he says. Hey, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, well, I can't enter into my mother's womb again, right? I, how, how is that possible? We know the story, right? And Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand beyond his own temporal body oh, what the heck Jesus was talking about. And Jesus was saying that what's going to happen is that you're actually going to be born again into your spirit. It's going to be your new reality. It's a new reality. And so we actually are crucified with Christ. Then we are resurrected with him. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says, it even gets better, that we are seated in him in heavenly places. And... And we have to just speak super clearly about this I want it to be super plain In the plainest language as I can It doesn't say that someday we will be seated with him In heavenly places It doesn't say that we can hope that we can be seated with him It doesn't say that when we die And go to heaven we'll be seated with him It says that you are Seated in him In heavenly places Like that is Your current reality How is that possible when I'm standing here In Genoa, Ohio How is that possible? It's possible because this isn't me. My spirit is actually fully alive, fully eternal, has taken on immortality, and is actually living in Christ, in heavenly places, right now as we speak. (laughs) And that is true for every one of you that have actually received his blood and was willing to go to the cross. That's exactly what water baptism is demonstrating, is that we are dead to ourselves, we're coming alive to him, in our spirit, so our spirit is fully alive, and and this is the punchline so if you get nothing else out of this whole message, please get this one point that world in which we live is more real than what we are experiencing in our physical body today so when Laura says, listen ah, so when Laura says that there's a fireball over here guess what that fireball is more real than anything that has happened physically in this room today. She saw it with her spirit eyes. Most of us in this room actually did not see it. I mean, just be honest. We didn't see it with our physical eyes. But she saw something because she saw into the reality, into the realm of heaven. And in the realm of heaven, there's a fireball over here someplace. (laughs) And, And we have to get it that that's actually a greater reality than what we're living in now. I know it kind of makes your head explode. I get it, but but this this is what the Lord is doing right now. He's actually pulling back the curtain and saying, "This is actually who you are." And once we realize that, then everything shifts. And so we know in the Book of Acts that that you know Jesus actually dies and and raises from the dead, and and he says the most preposterous thing in the Bible when he said, "It's good that I go." It's good that I leave you. I know that I'm Jesus. I'm <laughs> really awesome. But I'm going to go now. and That's going to be a good thing for you. Because I'm going to send the Spirit. I'm going to send the Spirit. And it says that you know the Spirit will come upon you. And the word come upon you is actually the word indwelling. It's actually it's indwelling. We think come upon you like putting a baseball cap or something. No. It, it, when it comes upon you, it's actually going to envelop you. It's going to indwell you. Because it's your new reality It's because I now I'm connecting to you in the spirit And Amy and I love going back to Eden But we have to understand That we actually have a greater reality Than actually Adam and Eve walked in Adam and Eve walked with God with us We're actually living in God in us We, we are actually the, the, the manifestation of his spirit Here on this earth And the manifestation is the right word It's the right word So the the sign of the new covenant is actually the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And in a sign of a covenant, in the Old Testament, it was circumcision, right? It was actually a physical sign because it operated in a physical world. And Jesus said, now there's going to be a new covenant in my blood, and it's going to operate in the spirit world because you are no longer flesh, right? It can't be a sign in the flesh. It has to be a sign in the spirit. And he says that we're now going to be circumcised where? In the heart. It's the circumcision of the heart. So that our spirit now is circumcised and the, and the manifestation of that, the external manifestation of that is the Holy Spirit in us. And the way that he manifests himself through us is actually the sign of the spirit. So the spirit that actually is actually supposed to take up rule and residence in you. And so we talk about this very often, about spirit, soul, and body. And and the 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 soul and the body in the Bible is referred to as the flesh. Okay, because we actually do still have physical flesh, right? (laughs) Even though I am spirit, that's my reality. There is a there is a physicalness in which we have still been placed. Why? Because there's a world that we need to go and usher them into the spirit. So that they can all die, too. (laughs) That's the goal. They can die and be born again, right? And then there's the spirit. Okay? Now, the soul is our mind, will, and emotions. It's the way we think, it's the way we feel, it's our feelings, it's our emotions, it's our will. Something that we would call, like, our willpower, okay? The, the, The... can be our conscience, the things that are there, and of course our body is our physical body, the things that we say, that we do, that we touch, um, that we that we walk with. Now, I want to be super clear that that none of these are bad, okay? All of these are good, um, but they are supposed to flow in a certain direction, and I think that's key because a lot of times we think that we are a body that has a soul that is connected to the spirit, and we live life sort of this way. But actually, like we just talked about. We are actually spirit. That's our greatest reality, right? And our soul and our body, then, is supposed to come into alignment with our spirit. So it's not bad. It's just that the Bible says that they actually war against each other. Now, when you think about war against each other, you think usually think of good and bad, you know, right and wrong, and the, you know, the victor and the enemy and those kind of things. I, I don't want you to look at it that way because it's all good because that's the way he created us to be. It's just supposed to be in alignment. And the war, the thing that takes place, the things that push against each other, is the, is the war for supremacy. Our, our body and our soul wants to be supreme. It wants to rule where our spirit is supposed to rule. And we're supposed to allow the spirit then to actually flow. And when things flow in this direction, then we would actually expect to see, even in the natural realm, we would expect to see fruit. And it's called the fruit of the... Spirit. Does that make sense? See, we think that the fruit of the Spirit is just behavior. Like the way we're supposed to behave. Well, behavior is part of the flesh. The way that we think. The way that we act. And we think that's the fruit of the Spirit. Well, that would be the fruit of the flesh. (laughs) What we want to connect to is the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Which flows this way. And so when you have an apple tree... You would expect it to bear... Apples. (laughs) Expect it to bear apples. You'd be shocked if it didn't. And so we are spirit, so we would expect ourselves to bear spiritual fruit. Does that make sense? So it has to flow this way. So Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there because we're going to read a few of these verses. So that just sets the stage for the manifestations that should be coming from us as spiritual beings. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. You guys are all familiar with this, but we're going to dig in a little deeper. So Galatians 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh flesh lusts against the spirit other interpretations are wars against or battles against uh, the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish so think about that, do the things that's a fleshly term right? the things that are coming out of our body we get frustrated because in our flesh we do things, we say things we act a certain way that we don't want to do it's because our flesh has been magnified it's been, it's been the center. So the, the answer is, just like it isn't eaten, the answer to a spiritual problem is a spiritual solution. The answer isn't to make our flesh stronger, to make our brain better, to find ten different ways of controlling our stress. That's, what the, that's all the world can give us, by the way. All they can do is they can give us solutions to try to manage our flesh. Our answer is actually to connect to the spirit, reposition ourselves so it's flowing in the right direction so what manifests out the things that we do are as actually a manifestation of the spirit are we tracking we doing okay so that you don't do the things that you wish verse 18 but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, (laughs) I like this one, and the like, (laughs) everybody say boo, (laughs) of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there is a fruit of the flesh. If we become soul and body oriented, we would expect to see a manifestation because an apple tree bears an apple, right? And so we'd expect to see manifestations of our flesh. And we just turn on the news every day. You go down the street, (laughs) you go to school, you see the manifestations of the flesh everywhere, right? And maybe even parts of our own lives. But it gets better. Verse 22. But the fruit of the, everybody say it, Spirit spirit is... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The walk-in part is called living life. (laughs) So the the punchline to all of this is, is that every aspect of our life, everything that we are walking in, is saturated in the Spirit. Everything is flowing in this direction. That means everything. Everything Amy was talking about yesterday. Changing diapers and doing laundry. Everything is saturated in this direction. So that when we walk, our walk, our life, is in the Spirit. It's in the Spirit. So we cannot allow our body and soul, our flesh, to rule... But to be ruled by our spirit. And to, and and then we will be known by the fruit. So if that is true, if we are spirit, I just want to give some real practical examples of what I'm talking about here on a day-to-day basis, okay? So if this is true and we are spirit, everybody say, I am spirit. I am spirit. <laughs> and what we do is we actually surrender our spirit. We are actually connected to Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we are seated in Him in heavenly places. That's our reality, right? So I just want you guys to close your eyes and picture that. Like, your reality this morning is that you're seated in Him in heavenly places. So that if that is true... You can open your eyes again. <laughs> then we can position ourselves towards our soul and body, right? And we can actually speak to our soul and body. Now, that sounds kind of weird, okay? But, but we, as a spirit... It, when we allow the spirit to be in control, we can actually speak to our soul and our body. So that when we notice, been there this week, <laughs> when we notice that our flesh is taking over, right? You know what I'm talking about? We start to feel fleshy. <laughs> you know, that's our, our mind, our will, our emotions start to start to rise up. We can actually actually talk to them and say, no, soul and body, you need to come into alignment with the spirit with my spirit, with the Holy Spirit that is in me. And and things shift, because we, like, literally, it's like a 180 turn, and we're like, oh, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to be living. And we plug in, and we connect to that spirit place in which we live, our reality. We connect there, and then we start to look at our circumstances differently. And we start to walk out in the spirit. So a great example that I always use, and and for whatever reason, I, you know, the walking walking in the spirit isn't always, like, a recipe book. <laughs> you know, it's not always that simple. But, like, when I'm not sleeping at night, I call it the 2 a.m. discussion. You know, how many have had the 2 a.m. discussion where there's not enough money, you know, everything's broken, I can't, you know, relationships are broken. It's at the 2 a.m. The, the enemy loves to talk to us at 2 a.m., I believe, because there's not a lot of extra noise. He has our full attention. And everything just looks worse at 2 (laughs) a.m. I don't know why. (laughs) Actually, I do know why. Is your soul is being magnified. You know, we talk about magnify the Lord. Our soul is actually becomes magnified. It becomes bigger than it's supposed to. I call it it bloating. (laughs) Our soul becomes bloated. It's bigger than it's supposed to be. And so it gets the loudest voice in our mind. And so they were wide awake. Wide awake at 2 in the morning. I don't know how I'm paying the bills tomorrow. <laughs> and and you're there thinking that being awake and thinking about it at 2 in the morning is going to help. But but your soul is telling you that it will. So you, you ruminate and you spin it around. And and so so it has a manifestation in your mind and in your body because your body is not getting rest. Not getting the sleep that it's supposed to have. At those moments, I have actually learned to connect to the Holy Spirit. And, and here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is Always on, always alive. The light switch is always on. We never turn off the Holy Spirit. And so we're always connected to the Spirit. And, and I will say, Spirit, I'm alive in you. Um, you can talk to me all night if you want to, in my dreams. <laughs> like, I'm gonna stay connected to you all the time. But soul and body, I and this I know this sounds kind of corny, but I say, You're important too. <laughs> I say that because they're not bad, right? They're not a bad thing. But you need to come into alignment, and so this is actually time for me to sleep. And you are out of alignment, so I call you back into alignment. I know it sounds kind of funny, but this is just an exercise of activating my spirit. This is time to sleep. You need your rest. So I'm I'm bringing you into alignment and saying soul and body, it's time for you to sleep. And I'm telling you, this is just my testimony. The next thing I remember is that it's morning. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just my testimony. Does it always work? I don't know. The principle is there, though, that there's something out of alignment. And we can actually, because we're spirit, we can actually call those things back into alignment. Does that make sense? So in relationships, it's important as well. The the name of our parenting course is actually called Value the Voice Parenting Course. And, and, And we put such value on our children connecting to the spirit at a very young age and being able to hear the father's voice for themselves. We, here's the spoiler alert. The, the whole point of the course is to position ourselves from them hearing our voice to them hearing his voice. Because once our children hear the father's voice, I call it the exhale moment. Like as parents, we can go, oh, okay, he's even a better father than I am. And so once they hear him, and we should, we should position all of our firepower toward the idea of them listening to the father's voice. And so when our kids become a little bit older and they start to walk in the Spirit, then and they come to us and say, I don't know what to do. We're, we're, we're hitting this crossroad in life. Um, it, it's better for us at that point to say, okay, go talk to the Holy Spirit. Connect to your Spirit. See what He is saying to you. And then come back to us, and we'll talk about it. And so our kids will come back, and this is what I feel like the Father is saying. And we'll be like, yeah, that sounds like Daddy's voice. It sounds like something He would say. Or we'd say, you know what, that actually doesn't sound like daddy's voice. Go back again, listen again. (laughs) And and, and that's part of the training process, um, even in relationships and parenting, where we are steering our children towards connecting to the spirit, walking in the spirit. That's what it's all about. Does that make sense? So the example we love to use in marriage is that, you know, we we look at love. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) The word love, what is love? You know, love is actually something that was created in the garden. It's actually a manifestation of a person himself. Jesus is love. It's a created thing. Um, we have reduced love, in my opinion, to a soulish experience. Like, it's a feeling. Yeah. And this, you know, this will make you groan, but there's actually a, a trend in marriages now that people are saying, until death do you part. They're saying, until love runs out but it kind of makes sense because it's a soulish pot. As long as my pot has enough love for you, then we can stay together. Once it kind of feels empty, then sayonara, baby. <laughs> We're on to a different feeling. Right. And our, our culture has become feeling-oriented, which is a magnified, bloated soul. And that's all we got. And so, and so I think too often, and this drives me crazy, actually. I'm being nice by saying too often. <laughs> I, I think that... That even counseling Even sometimes Christian counseling Christian marriage counseling Is actually focused on Just strengthening our souls yep. like, like we just need to communicate better <laughs> That's the way I feel Everybody knows how to communicate We know how to communicate since we're two years old <laughs> We know how to communicate There's just something broken in our spirit That keeps us from wanting to communicate With each other yep. And so it's a spiritual problem that requires a spiritual solution. And so the answer to marriages that don't feel in love is actually to, boom, plug in to the spirit of who we are, turn ourselves towards, and then our soul and our body actually then flows in that direction, and the feeling of love will be there. (laughs) But it has to come from the actual source of love who created it in the first place, where our spirit becomes full, the tank becomes full, and then we turn our, our attention towards our spouse, and guess what? They look different. We see them from a heavenly perspective. We see them with spirit eyes instead of body eyes. You walk through the aisle at the grocery store, and, and all you see is, you know, the ten ways to spice things up. You know what I mean, everybody? <laughs> because because all they got is to try to try to fix their spirit this way. We're going the wrong direction. If we can just physically act more in love, then maybe we'll feel more in love. It doesn't work that way. We have to we have to position ourselves to know who we are in spirit and then it flows that way. It's engaging and then that engages our body and soul. So love is one of the one of the fruits of the spirit, isn't it? Because the fruit of the spirit is love. It comes from the spirit. That proves it. That's where it comes from. Does it come from my feelings? So, the other example I like to use, also a fruit of the Spirit, is patience. It's, it's, it's a fruit that the Lord is working on, John Lawson on. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like, probably the right way of saying it, I feel like I'm not the most patient person in the world. And so my family laughs at me, you know, when we get to the stoplight. It's the longest stoplight in Brainerd. I mentioned that the other day. You know, I, I, I get up to the stoplight in Brainerd, and of course it just turns red, and I know that I'm going to be there for like 10 minutes, like the longest light in the state of Minnesota. And so I know you can see my face getting red thinking about it. like so, so I pull up, and I, I slam it into the park, because that just proves to everybody that I'm not happy about this. You know, put it in the park, lean back, with my arms crossed. We're going to be here for a while, kids. You know, there's always some kind of comment isn't there not always so, so the lord is trying to work on me in this because i'm not i'm not inherently a patient person i don't do that well and so he's he's working on um and i'm learning as silly as it sounds when i pull up to the stoplight to try to engage my spirit i've actually you know just like spoken in tongues We engage my spirit engage my spirit and so then things look a little bit different and so stoplights are a silly example about patience but what about you know what about my calling? What about my dreams? What about, am I impatient about those too? And he wants to saturate my spirit so that I can turn 180, line things up, and say, Johnny boy, like I've given this to you, it'll be in my time, and, and as I exercise, the fruit of patience then comes out of me. And and, I, and I, you can see it, hopefully, in my soul and in my body that I'm a patient man. And so even declarations have been saying that. I'm a patient man. <laughs> I'm a patient man. Thank you. Thank you. So the other one I want to talk about, just as an example, is the word self-control. How many people are old enough to remember the old Sesame Street? Um, we were just watching some of the Muppets last night. Um and there's the, one, there's the one that says, you know, one of these things just doesn't belong here. You guys remember that one? There'd be, there'd be four squares. Yeah. I remember this as a kid. There'd be four squares. One of them would be reading a book, and the other three would be exercising, jumping rope and throwing the ball. And, and then the song goes, you know, one of these things just doesn't belong here. But three of these things are kind of the same. But One of these things is doing his own thing. Can you tell me which one? Before the song is done. I remember walking up to the TV as a little boy like, is that one not? That one, that one's different. <laughs> and so we, so I, I listen to this list that Paul writes, right, and about the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like one of these things just doesn't belong here because all of these other things feel like spirit. Like things that would flow from our spirit. So in this message, you kind of connect to that. Well, yeah, love, patience, all of these things should be flowing from our spirit. And then all of a sudden, there's this self-control. Self-control, well, that's, we've always interpreted that as sort of willpower. Like like controlling our behavior. Well, that sounds very fleshy, doesn't it? Kind of soulish sort of thing. So I leaned into it a little bit, and, and I realized that's not at all what it means. So, so it makes much more sense once you lean into it a little bit. So the word self-control is the word, it's pronounced enkrateia, and it actually means strength or power within. So it's the indwelling power, um, which is paraclete, which means spirit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the power spirit that's within you that actually brings internal control. So when you actually look at it in the Greek, when you read the fruits of the Spirit, the actual best interpretation of the word self-control is actually the word internal control. And that carries an incredible amount of difference in significance to what it means. Because what is happening in enkrateia is that you are actually surrendering your Spirit to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to indwell you in order to allow Him... To actually control you. (laughs) To lead you. To guide you. Sometimes we bristle at the word control because we think, "Oh, oh, I don't want to be controlled. But that's exactly what he is desiring from us in our spirit, is that we actually connect with our spirit and we say, Holy Spirit, your spirit is holy, so I would like to connect to your spirit and I'm going to allow you to direct and to guide me. And so the fruit that people will see in my life is they look at me and say, "Man, that guy is led by the spirit. He is controlled by the spirit. Like whatever he tells him to do, he doesn't." And that's actually as much of a fruit as it is love, or patience, or kindness, or goodness. It's it's a fruit that we see. It's a manifestation of his spirit in us that we actually hear him, and we go, "Okay." He tells us to go left. We're going left. <laughs> it's like without hesitation. That's called enkrateia, and that is a fruit. That he has in us, in our lives And so I love that Because when we allow him To control things Once again, everything looks different The way that we think, the way that we act The way that we move It's all spirit led and spirit controlled And so when we come to church Right? Which is church is where we massage our spiritual muscles Right? That's why we're here Church wasn't created To just satisfy our soul. Just let that one sink in a little bit. <laughs> church wasn't created to satisfy our soul. Yeah. And if I could be so bold, just from a cultural standpoint, I believe that churches sometimes are shifting towards seeker-friendly churches because we want our soul to be stimulated. We want it to look good and to sound good and to, for us to be happy. <laughs> and, but actually, church is actually created to train our spirit. To actually position ourselves so that we come to church and, and we and we keep locking in. So what we felt in worship today, when we feel undone, when we're in that place where we're connected with Him, when we're seeing fireballs during worship, that's because we are training our spirit to actually see spiritually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. See, I I, I I get undone. I get undone by by, by Mary of all people. So she gets, she gets encountered in her spirit. And she is given an instruction to be spirit-controlled, right? Not only spirit-controlled, but the spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> like the only person in human history that this has ever happened. And so she becomes pregnant, having never known a man. And she moves and walks in this, right? And she has every reason for her soul to be magnified, for her soul to be worried, fearful, um. Uh, uh doubtful all, all the things I mean can you imagine she was 16 years old pregnant yeah sure you are. sure you are <laughs> yeah. I mean can you imagine the sneers and the comments I mean we can't even fathom it we can't even fathom it and yet she sings right the song of Mary my soul magnifies the lord do you, do you understand the, the significance of that line? She's saying, despite what I'm feeling, I'm not going to have my soul be magnified. My soul is going to magnify the Lord. So I'm going to position myself this way, because I know who I am, and I'm I'm, I'm sitting in, in him, and he's given me instructions, so that my soul can be at peace, I can move forward, my body can deliver the Messiah. It's just crazy. It's craziness. <laughs> she was able to do this because her soul wasn't magnified. Her soul magnified the Lord, magnified the Spirit. She connected to the Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what happens is when we when we connect to the Spirit, it's it's actually in every way um, sort of bring, being bridled. And I I know, like, this is, like, feels un-American to even say these kind of things, but, like, we put the bit in our mouth, and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to actually move us. And, and, but I'm telling you, it's the most freeing thing. It sounds like it's captivity, but it isn't. It's the actual opposite. Because how many know that his spirit is holy? (laughs) Is that an adjective? Holy Spirit? Yeah. So, so he has a spirit. His spirit is connected to our spirit. What is his spirit like? His spirit is Holy. (laughs) And so he connects us when we're connected and we're allowed to be moved by his spirit. It's bridled. The Lord has been talking to me so much in my own personal life, just being raw and transparent with you about letting go of the reins. (laughs) I I like to grab the reins and tell the Lord what I think he's doing and how we should go. (laughs) And he's just telling me to let go of the reins. It's vulnerable, but it's so peaceful because he just let him... It's like so many wagon train analogies this weekend, but just let him grab it, and, and wherever he goes, is where I'm going to go. Are we allow to be moved by the Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we? How do we? If you're listening to this and you're like, "Yeah, my, my Spirit is even moved. I'm feeling connected to that, and I want that, but I don't know how to do it." Let me just give you some some real practical, in my experience, ways um, to to start to begin to move into this realm. Okay. The first is spend time with spiritually mature people. <laughs> Amy and I have learned um, there have been people in our lives that have stretched us, like out of our comfort zone. <laughs> is that fair to say? Um, and yet we are determined to rub elbows with them to stay in that place. Because it, it stretches us, it moves us. And, and these people that we're rubbing elbows with are the ones that are connected to the spiritual realm. There's something that's there. And, and and we want it and we desire it. And it's in our heart. We don't know exactly how to access it. But but, but these people have been kind of moving in, in out of that realm. And so we're like, we just want to kind of stay by their side so that we can kind of be part of that. And, and part of it is the iron that sharpens iron and friendships and, and those connections that we have. And so we all know people that have walked in the spirit. You, you've seen it you've seen the fruit in their lives right you see it and those are the people that you want to have over for lunch often (laughs) and just talk about the things that are motivating the things that they're experiencing what's happening and and hear the stories because it strengthens us and encourages us we love to teach about testimony testimony is so important as we share the things that we have been experiencing fred was just talking about i won't share it because it's yours but the things that he has been seeing in the spirit And, and i love that because it's It it, it gets us into a different realm. It gets us out of our humanness, out of this flesh. And it gets us back to where we're supposed to be. And you can feel the spirit, like, rise in you. And so spend time with spiritually mature people. Share with your children how your decisions or actions are spirit-led. And I love that. So parents in this room, there have been times in all of our lives where we have done things that maybe haven't even made sense like in practical standpoint, but the Lord told me to. And, and those are the stories that your kids need to hear. And, and it's sometimes it's that radical obedience that actually opens their eyes to a different realm, that my parents are so willing to be weirdos <laughs> for his kingdom, right? And, and, and it's important that they know that, they've experienced that. And even if it hasn't always gone well, I mean, it's not about results, it's about obedience. It's about being bridled by his spirit. And sometimes we get caught up in the fact, like, "Oh, that didn't go well. It must not have been God." No, He doesn't always operate that way. He's not as linear as we think He is. Sometimes He just tells us to go, <laughs> and we go and we move, and, and the results are up to Him. But He's looking for those that are that are that are yielded, yielded to His Spirit, Spirit led. Um, we can allow the Holy Spirit. I call them fruit checks. So, so when I go up to the stoplight and I'm feeling all the old things start rising up against me, guess what? That means that I'm not super connected. There's something in me that my flesh is still bloated. It's still a little bigger than it's supposed to be. And so if I'm feeling that, it's, just a, it's a simple example, but for me it's actually a pretty good litmus test. Actually, so I get up to the stoplight. and I'm like, ah! <laughs> All those things start rising up again. It's because I've been operating in the flesh too much. My flesh has been fed, it's been bloated, it's been it's been overemphasized too much. And so I'm, I'm so patience is not coming out as fruit. I'm an apple tree bearing something else. <laughs> it's not an apple. <laughs> and so we can allow the Holy Spirit. And I always say the Holy Spirit because Amy and I have like zero. Um, value for self-inspection Ugh. self-inspection self-inspection is just a fruit of the flesh <laughs> and every time we self-inspect we find ourselves short don't we <laughs> so we have to connect to the spirit holy spirit how am I not connecting to you I, I, I yield to you I, gi- I give you my spirit soul and body you come into alignment to what my spirit is doing because my spirit is fully alive I am fully alive in you even as I say these words, you can just feel it. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's one of those things that you just align your spirit. Holy Spirit, I am aligned with you. I am full in you. I, I allow you to, to move me. I am internally controlled by you. Soul and body, you come into alignment with my spirit. And I'm telling you, like even as I say this up here, you can just poof. You can just feel it. Because that's, that's, we're actually getting ourselves back to where we were created to be. And then here's an important one. Maybe maybe the most important one. Um, I believe that speaking in tongues is an incredible way to activate your spirit. Why is that? Speaking in tongues is actually in the Bible referred to, interestingly, as a manifestation of the spirit. <laughs> so it's an apple. It's an apple off the apple tree. <laughs> it's what's manifested in as spiritual beings, when we're connected to him, he has actually given us a spiritual language. And that spiritual language makes no sense in our brain. (laughs) So it actually rises us above our brain. Our brain is part of our soul, right? So it rises above our brain, takes us into a heavenly realm where we speak to him in a language that only he and I understand actually only he really understands we don't often understand it but we but our, but our spirit does our spirit is connected um, speaking in tongues is an incredibly potent fast when you need it quickly <laughs> when you're feeling ah oh, I'm afraid, I'm nervous my, my soul is rising, this doesn't make any sense my brain is spinning when we're in that place where our soul is starting to take over you need something fast <laughs> it doesn't have to be fast but it does work quickly where all of a sudden we just speak in tongues and, and the atmosphere changes. We are connected to heaven. Our, our spiritual alignment comes back into alignment. And, it's, and it's, it makes sense because the, body, the Bible actually says that we were given tongues for our edification, for our strengthening is what it means. So that when we need that strength, when we need our spirit to come alive and to rule, that we actually connect and activate our spirit. We're turning on that switch. We're keeping it on. And we are connecting. And so if you have that spiritual language, use it and use it often, often, as much as you can. Driving down the road is a perfect place. <laughs> people, people will just be thinking you're singing to the radio. It doesn't matter what they think. <laughs> just connecting because you're, you're connecting and you're engaging your spirit because you are spirit. You are spirit. And if you don't have that language, I don't want you to be afraid of it. Speaking in tongues is the most misunderstood manifestation of the Spirit. Because people think that your eyes are going to roll back and you're going to lose all human control. And you're going to be possessed and you're going to be speaking this crazy, embarrassing thing. Um, But it's absolutely something that can be controlled. Meaning, you know, like I can... Turn it on and off. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a language that's given um, that is actually just a spiritual language. And it's powerful. And in this case, when we are trying to be spirit-filled people, spirit-led people, speaking in tongues is a beautiful way of engaging that. It's engaging that. So I was just talking to Amy, and this ties into exactly what Laura saw this morning, that I believe what's happening in the, in the realm of the spirit is, is is exactly what I'm talking about where we align ourselves as spiritual beings and that we begin to to have spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes where we are seeing things in the spirit realm. And I believe what's going to happen in this revival that I believe we're in, what's going to happen is that there is going to be manifestation that we are actually, with our physical eyes, Going to see the fireball. <laughs> the problem is, is is that these are all tied down to belief, and we heard that all about at camp from the Backlands. That it's not that we don't have bad theology; we just have bad beliefs. <laughs> and so we want to again engage heaven. Scrolling. scrolling, scrolling. We want to engage heaven from our body, like Lord. If I see the miracle with my human eyes, then I will believe. And we live life that way. If I I see it and I understand it with my brain, (laughs) then I will believe. And so once again, we tend to live life, myself included, in the wrong direction. We're saying, Lord, think of the great faith that I will have (laughs) once you show me in my mind and in my flesh, the reality of your kingdom. And I don't think Jesus could be any more clear that the belief has to come first. (laughs) Blessed are those, Thomas, who have believed and not seen. I believe that we are going to see with our own physical eyes But I believe it starts with our spiritual eyes, where we are actually engaging into the spirit and we're seeing the things that are happening. And then once that becomes normal life, once we begin to walk in the spirit, where we live life in the spirit, I believe then we're going to start to see the manifestation. Of course, we do see healings, right? There is manifestation that we're seeing in the physical realm. That's absolutely coming from heaven. But I believe that it's going to become commonplace. It's going to be like it was in Acts where their shadow, just they were just walking, walking, everybody say walking, in the spirit and the physical realm came into alignment. Oh. <laughs> that's the carrot. That's, what, that's what's dangling in front of us. That's what I want to see in my lifetime. I want, I want to see the fireball that is real, more real than anything that we have here. More real. I want to see it with my own eyes. But I want to believe it first. I, I believe what you saw was in heaven. And it, was, it was a heavenly, you know, it was here. But it was a heavenly manifestation of the reality of the kingdom that's here. And the belief comes first. So we strengthen our belief, we strengthen who He is in us, that the the impossibilities bow a knee to the to the reality of the Spirit of God. And when we and when we believe it, and then we begin to walk that way. Whoa. And to walk that way. In the Spirit. Whoa. I believe there will be manifestation. But that's, but, but, but that's not it. That, that's, that's, it's almost a lesser reality. The greater reality is what we're seeing in the spirit. And, and, and that's what I want for me. I want that for my family. I want spirit eyes. The things that that's been, you've been seeing. That, that just needs to be like normal life. Commonplace. Oh, I, lo- I love the phrase, to live a life that requires an explanation. I want, I want to live a life that requires an explanation. Like, what is manifesting off of you? Like, the things that are manifesting off of you, people are going to be like, what is that about? What's going on? Why is it that every time you walk in the room, everything changes? Why is that? Why does the atmosphere... People are going to start asking these questions about you as you begin to walk in the spirit. What is that? It's the spirit. I'm, I'm spirit. And I'm spirit-led. That's the answer. I'm led by the spirit. So stand up. Let's stand up. We're going to do a few declarations here. Hmm. All right. Close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. Just repeat after me. I am not ruled by my body, my mind, my will and emotions. My mind... My body, my will and emotions are ruled by the Spirit. I surrender control to you, Holy Spirit, that as you indwell within me, I will bear spiritual fruit. I am internally controlled and Spirit-led. Okay, here we go. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit I, allow you I allow you to regularly examine, to regularly examine your fruit, your fruit in, my life, in my life. That I may fully manifest, that I may fully manifest your, love, your love, your joy, your, joy, your, peace, your peace, your patience, your, peace, your, kindness, your kindness, your goodness, your, goodness, your faithfulness. Your gentleness and your internal control. Your internal control. <laughs> Holy Spirit, just put your hands on your eyes. Holy Spirit, Holy spirit, give, me spirit eyes give me spirit eyes to see what is happening in your realm. In your realm, so, that your realm so that your realm will be my realm. Will be my realm. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's just take a minute, if this isn't meant to embarrass or become uncomfortable for anybody, but I, if you have a heavenly language, I just, I just want you to just speak it out now. If you don't, just hang on one second. If you don't, then um, I just would like to just release the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not like this big crazy thing that we have to conjure or anything. This is just His manifestation in you. And if you do not have that heavenly language, but you want it, Like you're hearing this today and you say, yeah, I really want that. That can be a manifestation of the Spirit. And if you want it, He only gives good gifts. And so He wants to give that to you. So as everybody is speaking in tongues here, um, if that's you, I'm just going to ask you, no matter what age you are, just to start speaking. Um, Don't speak English, (laughs) but just start speaking and, and allow the Holy Spirit, right? This is about surrender. Allow the Holy Spirit to take your tongue and just begin to speak to Him. In a worshipful language. And the Holy Spirit comes just like that. And so, if that's you, then I just invite you to do that, just in, in the privacy and, and the, 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 the safeness of where you're standing right now. Okay, is that cool? All right, so let's just start right now. Let's just speak, let's just speak in tongues. Shambara karagini kinapada buddha, shuddha karakara padarandi kinapada. Shadakara 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 अशा करा दीरिला लापा द कर शुभ कटुंब करा लापा द करा दीरिला We surrender our spirit to you, Holy Spirit. Just keep going, keep going. We surrender our spirit to you, Lord God. That you would lead us and guide us. Because you are good and you are lovely. So we give you all the praise and all the glory. Ah, shepherd God.